0: Join
1: in the call to worship. God shines forth in glory. God speaks to us.
2: God has kept God's promises.
1: Come before God not as despised sinners, but as beloved children. With the confidence of children, let us humbly confess our sin. Merciful God, we confess the wrong we do and the good we don't do. We tell lies, but we also neglect parts of the truth. We are inconsiderate of some and we fail to stand up for others. We neglect, worship, and don't give all we can to be better. Forgive us, O God, and help us be better. Make us more like Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. Hear the good news. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. As people born of water and the spirit We have died to the old life, and a new life has begun. God's grace is poured upon us day by day. And know that you are forgiven, and be at peace. The peace we have in Christ is a shared peace, and it binds us together, both here in this sanctuary and in our online congregation. If you are worshiping online here in Chicago, or in Cambridge, Illinois, or in Mason City, Iowa, or Niles, Michigan, Wherever you are joining in worship, please take a moment to sign the digital pew pad as an expression of peace we share with one another. As we here in this sanctuary express that saying together. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Please greet those around you with words and signs of peace.
3: Welcome to worship at Fourth Church. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, and also youth-led worship. Every element of worship this morning was created by the 6th to 12th grade youth of Fourth Church, and their service is being led by the 6th to 8th graders.
4: On behalf of the whole church, we welcome you to worship, and we hope you experience the love and the wonder of God through it. For those in the sanctuary, please locate the pew pad at the end of your pew, and use it to note your attendance. You can also note there are any changes in your contact information or indicate you'd like a follow-up with the church staff. Today is also Super Bowl of Caring. This is a national effort to tackle hunger that Fourth Church has been part of for over 10 years. You may also bring donated non-perishable food items to the table in Anderson Hall following worship, and you may also give any of the youth holding soup pots or and buckets you see stationed around the commons. Donations to the Super Bowl of Caring support support Fourth Church's meal ministry as well as the food pantry of the Chicago Light Social Service Center.
3: Our annual congregational meeting takes place at 1215 this morning immediately following the conclusion of worship. This meeting is for electing new church officers and voting on amendments to our church's bylaws. All active members are encouraged to participate. The meeting will be streamed on Zoom and the link for that can be found in the bulletin and on the church's website, fourthchurch.org
4: please look over at the You Are Invited section of the Worship Bulletin, where you will find an invitation to observing the upcoming season of Lent in, num- in a number of ways, such as Ask Wednesday, worshiping this coming Wednesday at 6.30, in the Paths of Discipleship Lenten and Study. Fin- finally, tomorrow is the beginning of Pastor Roggy's three-month sabbatical. We wish him a restful time and look forward to his return on Sunday, May 12th. Now let us continue the worship as we celebrate the sacrament of baptism.
5: whom God has called and we give particular thanks this morning for Mac and for Grant and for Benjamin as they are about to be baptized it is in baptism that God claims us and seals us to show that we belong to God God frees us from sin and death uniting us with Christ and by water and the Holy Spirit we are made members of the church the body of Christ we're joined to Christ's ministry of love and peace and justice so let us remember with joy our own baptisms as we celebrate this sacrament together. So parents, I would invite you now to please stand as you answer these questions. Do you desire that your children be baptized? If so, please say we do. Do you, as their parents, confess your own faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and do you trust in him? <laughs> And relying on God's grace, do you intend your children to be Christ's disciples, to obey God's living word, and to show God's love? If so, please say we do. Thank you. You may be seated. And now Kate Cups, a member of our church's session, has a question for all of us as a congregation. We do give you thanks, eternal God, for you nourish and sustain all living things by the gift of water. In the beginning of time, your spirit moved over the watery chaos, calling forth order and life. And in the waters of the Jordan, Jesus was baptized by John and was anointed with your spirit. By the baptism of his own death and resurrection, Christ set us free from sin and death and opened to us the way to eternal life. So gracious God, we do pray now that you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon this water, that this spot would be a place of new birth. As these children pass through these waters, may they be delivered from death into life, from bondage into freedom, from sin to righteousness. May you strengthen them to serve you with joy until the day you make all things new. And to you be all praise, honor, and glory through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. I'll bet. So Kate, will you please present our first candidate for baptism?
0: Jeff and Job, <laughs> All right. All
5: right. All right, Mac. So Mac, I baptize you in the name of the Father. And of the son and of the holy spirit mac child of the covenant you are sealed in the holy spirit in your baptism and you are marked as christ's son forever amen you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grant, child of the covenant, you are sealed in the Holy Spirit in your baptism, and you are marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. (laughs) Benjamin Michael, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Benjamin child of the Covenant you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit in your baptism and you are marked as Christ's own forever Amen So I invite all of the parents to stand and turn and face the congregation now Friends, these children are the newest members of our church family, and it is with thanksgiving that we welcome them to share with us in Christ's ministry. But it's also with joy that we will watch them grow into the people that God has called them to be, maybe even perhaps leading this service someday in the future. But for now, it is with gratitude to God that we give thanks for the gift of this sacrament. And indeed, in that spirit of thanksgiving, let us pray. Merciful and loving God, you have called each one of us by name and you hold each one of us in your love. So we do ask now that you would watch over Mac and Grant and Benjamin, that as they grow up, that you would be guiding them every step of the way. May you increase their compassion for others. May you inspire them to make a difference in this world. And may you help them to know that they are one of your beloved children. Help their parents as they teach their faith to them and help us as a church to support them in doing so. May love and joy be a constant presence in their lives, and may they be continually inspired by you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So friends, you may be seated, and may the grace of God, the love of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.
6: God of shining splendor, your voice makes the earth tremble in wonder. Overshadow us with your spirit so that we may hear your word and live as faithful disciples and covenant people. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture today is Psalm 50 verses 1 through 6. Listen to this. The Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken calling the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, perfect in its beauty, God shines forth in glory. Our God will come and will not keep silence. With a consuming flame before and roundabout raging storm, God calls the heavens and the earth from above to witness the judgment of people. Gather before me my loyal followers, those who have made a covenant with me and sealed it with sacrifice. The heavens declare the rightness of God's cause, for it is God who is judge. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
5: may be seated and we'll continue to welcome forward any children who will be attending Sunday school today as we get sorted into our classes. So kids, as you head upstairs to your rooms to continue learning, I hope that you will wave hello to these newest members of our church family. And at the same time, we also look forward to the day when all of you will be leading worship here. It really is such a special gift to be together as a church family today. So I invite you to head upstairs to your rooms where you will continue learning in your Sunday school classes.
7: Please be seated. Oh, wait, you're already seated. (laughs) Our second scripture this morning is from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Holy wisdom, holy word.
8: I'm going through confirmation here. My confirmation class meets weekly to learn more about our faith. At the end of confirmation, I'll make my own profession of faith in front of the congregation. When you're baptized, you're brought into faith and it's done on your behalf. But when you go through confirmation, you make the decision on your own to recommit. This Sunday's Bible story is like Jesus's version of confirmation. For me, confirmation is like an event in a timeline or going up a flight of stairs or a new level in a video game. It's not a minor event, it's quite significant, but it's still part of the journey. It's definitely not the end, but it's not the beginning either. It's more of a point in between. As I've learned more about faith in general and how I can do things to show mine, I've wanted to do more as well and be more active in my faith. Confirmation can help us to take on more roles, responsibilities, and help more. It also helps us have more mature thoughts a better understanding of what we're learning, and form more friendships with people in church. The transfiguration is exactly what it sounds like. It's a transformation. Like Jesus, we're all transforming and growing in our faith, our relationship with God, and ourselves as people. We probably won't have our clothes turn white or have God speak from the sky, but it's still a transformation. I don't think I'll wake up one day knowing everything and have my relationship with God fully complete. Like most long-term friendships, I'll probably end up spending my entire life working on it. Through our community, we can help each other to become better people and grow in our own transformations. Through our kindness, we can help others and ourselves to grow. We all have our own paths and relationships with God and ourselves. It takes a long time to figure them all out. Confirmation, among other things, is part of that. It helps us to have a deeper understanding of God as we grow and transform into who we are. Getting together as a community like we are today helps us to work together and help each other grow.
9: Hello, Fourth Presbyterian congregation. The Gospel of Mark 929 talks about the transfiguration of Jesus on the top of a mountain with his disciples, Peter, James, and John where Jesus changes into a more picturesque version that we envision him today, where his his clothes turn the brightest of white clothes. During the transfiguration, spirits of Elijah and Moses appear and are wanting to talk to Jesus. Peter sees them and offers to build a shrine, wanting to cherish this moment as long as possible. God appears from the clouds above and announces that Jesus is his son who shall be listened to and loved. Then the clouds vanish along with God, Elijah and Moses. After this, Jesus tells his disciples to not mention this event until after his resurrection. This shows his trust and patience for Peter, James, and John. Now this story may be a bit more extreme than, than something I've ever encountered, but it did remind me of a major change in my life a few years back. When I was younger, high school seemed so far away. I did not worry about my future or who I would become. My friend group didn't matter, and I was just living in the moment without a thought as my life as an adult. Something in my life was missing and I didn't know who I was. I felt incomplete and needed a change in my life. I wanted to be a different person, a better version of myself, and to love who I was trying to become. I started to think differently. I broke away from my old friends who were dragging me down and started hanging out with new people. I tried new sports, new activities, and started to attend church more often. As high school approaches faster than ever, I've really been pushing myself and I've changed my mindset to be this different person. I've started focusing on my grades, my family life, and most importantly, God. My mindset has now changed. Some even say transformed into something better. I believe in myself and have goals for my future. I have learned to embrace the future and am excited for what comes next. I now feel an understanding of the world and the life I'm living. Change can be difficult. But in order to start achieving, you have to start believing. Amen.
10: In this passage, something that I found interesting was how Peter really wanted Jesus to stay up on that mountain with him. When I looked at the passage before this, it described the story of how Jesus fed thousands of people. At the end of the passage, Jesus told the disciples that he would have to die. Peter refused to believe this, but Jesus told him that he had to. This news was probably the reason Peter was so attached to that mountaintop. He wanted to have Jesus as a friend forever. Recently, I participated in a homeless immersion at church. We were able to meet with people whose jobs were to interview and help out the homeless. They told us about how interacting with others on the street and sometimes helping them out by giving them food or a hat could make them so much happier. I also experienced handing out warm bags to those who were outside without food or enough layers to stay warm. During the start of handing out these bags, my group didn't find anyone. However, once we reached the train station entrance, there were three men that came out in light clothes. They had some dirt on their face and they were carrying some heavy looking bags. Pastor Rocky, my group leader, asked them how they were doing, and they asked what the bags were. We told them that they were bags that included snacks, hats, gloves, and socks. They immediately asked for a bag, each saying thank you. We also learned that one of them had been attending Fourth Church for 20 years. Then a CTA worker came and asked for a bag. He said that he did not need one himself. He wanted it to give to someone who stays in the area near where he works. This completely opened up my perspective. At that moment, I just wanted to keep making people happy. When I left that day, I held a new memory, a new lesson, but I cannot stay up on that mountaintop forever. Peter, like me, wanted to hold on to his moment of happiness. Jesus was his teacher, his friend, his leader. You might think that this passage holds the good news of Jesus rising again on the third day. However, I believe that it is the lesson that is the good news. Don't get me wrong, Jesus rising again is great, but the feeling of that won't last forever. They might not last, but the lessons that come from it will. All of you have your own stories. Everyone is going through something different, but we as human beings are capable of finding little bits of happiness. We should all try our best to say hi to someone we don't normally talk to or maybe give some food to someone you always see outside of Walgreens. Every tiny step we make is much bigger when you look at the whole picture. As Christine Todd Whitman said, an American politician, anyone who thinks that they are too small to make a difference has never tried to fall asleep with a mosquito in the room. Thank you.
11: When Jesus talks with Elijah and Moses, Jesus knows what he has to do. He knows he will sacrifice for all people and all sin and will see God's kingdom come once he has risen again. He knows it will be hard and it will take faith, faith in God and faith in humanity. To the best of my knowledge, I've never been transfigured. My clothes have never turned pure white and God's voice didn't come out of a cloud to tell my friends that I was his favorite. But I have felt this before, transfigured, transformed, Whenever I have a cross country or track race, I pray. Not for physical strength, but mental strength. The willpower to go through that bit of pain, of discomfort, to do the best that I can. I know what it feels like to give up, to slow down, to take a breath. It's the easy way out. But I know I have to keep pushing, even when I feel like I can't go any further, I do. I have the strength to push on. And when the race is done, I'm laying on the ground, catching my breath, the best feeling in the world. To truly know I did what I always could and what was my best. And I'm happy to say that I made it to the citywide championship this year for the first time in middle school. I can also say I didn't win and I didn't lose. I'm fulfilled knowing I did the right thing. Sometimes it seems like the easy way out is the right way out, but it's not. It never is. Time goes on whether we like it or not and we're stuck with our decisions, good or bad, right or wrong. I'll always appreciate that 10 minutes of hurt, of running like my life depended on it for the rest of my life. This brings me back to the word used for this story, transfigured. Trans is the Latin prefix for beyond and the root figure simply means form. Jesus is beyond form and beyond human limitations. Jesus didn't take the easy path, he took the right one.
2: When I first read this passage in Mark, my first thought was, what is Peter doing? He has just witnessed the transfiguration of his friend, Jesus, who claims he's about to die. Moses and Elijah are there, and Peter wants to build dwellings, or tents. Tents. But then I realized that Peter and I are not so different. Would I have reacted better? Probably not. I too tend to react too quickly without thinking, and it really makes me think of my soccer coach. I know this sounds strange, but bear with me. One of the things that my soccer coach, Coach Key, is constantly telling me is that as a defender, I must resist the urge to panic and reflexively kick the ball back up the field. I need to pause, to receive it, take a touch, dribble a little, survey the field, and trust that I have time to think, to look for a pass. I bet if Peter would have been given that advice to just take a minute to survey the field, he might have come up with something better than tense. Now this story focuses on Peter. Even though James and John are there too, Peter is the only one who ever says anything. I think this is because Peter embodies the human reaction to God. Put in Peter's position, we might want to build tents too, rather than pause and think. Our human nature is to make knee-jerk decisions. When life, we encounter challenging information, like Peter, but it's not that simple. Our split-second decisions are not always a demonstration of our best judgment. And that is why Peter is so important. When we rush to react or judge, we prevent ourselves from understanding what is really happening. We misread the signs, and we're bound to get something wrong. Jesus knows that Peter needs time to understand the transfiguration. Peter needs time to process what he has just seen. And though and so, this is why Jesus tells them to keep it a secret. Jesus has to tell no one until he has risen from the dead. By telling Peter, John, and James to keep it a secret, Jesus gives them time to ponder what they've seen, time to fully understand it. When humans see something amazing, unexpected or complex, our tendency is to react. We don't know what to do. We rush to fix a problem or to make sense of what we see. But I think this passage from Mark reminds us that we can take a touch, dribble a little, take time to think, and look for a pass. We have to trust we have the space to take time, to let our thoughts settle, survey the field. We need to give ourselves space to see what God has put in front of us. What a chain of events it takes for Peter and John and James to understand what is going on with Jesus and who he is. First, Jesus is bright white, implying his holiness. Then, Jesus is suddenly talking with Moses and Elijah, two of the most important people in Jewish tradition, again implying Jesus' holiness. Still, Peter doesn't comprehend what is happening. Would we if we were in Peter's shoes? Probably not. Finally, God makes everything clear. God speaks to the three saying, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. And still, Jesus urges the three not to tell, to hold it in their hearts until they're ready to share their story. Time and prayerful thought is what it takes for Peter, James, and John to be prepared to spread the word of Christ to people after Jesus is no longer with them. For Peter, James, and John's story of Jesus' transfiguration laid down the path to Christianity and why we are all here today. The story of Jesus' transfiguration is an important lesson for us today. In life, we tend to make knee-jerk decisions all the time, every day, about God, about politics, about our friends and our neighbors. But what God is telling us, what God is telling the disciples, is that God is not easy to understand. Life is not easy to understand. You can't just look at the story and go, yeah, I know what this is about. You have to think about it for a while and let it wash over you to fully understand. Amen.
12: Let us proclaim our belief together using the words of our unison affirmation of faith. In life and in death, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we trust in the one triune God, the Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captive teaching by word and deed and blessing the children, healing the sick and blinding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. Please be Please be seated.
3: Now let us offer our prayers to God for the church, our neighbors, and the world God so loves. God of all kindness, you gave your only son because you love the world so much. We pray for the peace of the world where people are experiencing violence and war, in Ukraine, in Palestine, and Israel, and where people are protesting for a better way. Heal the human family of its divisions and unite it in the bonds of justice and peace. We pray for those who suffer, especially we pray today for people who don't have enough to eat or a safe place to call home. For those experiencing homelessness and for those migrants who have left their homes fleeing danger, surround (laughs) all who suffer with love, who suffer suffer with your love, support them with your strength, console them with your comfort, and them hope and encourage beyond themselves. We pray for the church, both this congregation and the church universal, as we consider a long-range plan and the ministry you're calling us to and as we welcome people new to worship here every day. We pray for guidance, keep us true to the gospel and responsive to the gifts needs of all. We pray for the communities where we live and go to school and work, and for, people, and for the people and neighbors working for a, better, for a better tomorrow, like teachers and social workers. Help us make our communities places of welcome and joy where all people may know themselves to be your beloved children. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus, our teacher, our friend, our savior, and we pray as he teaches us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: We are going to now do the, the prayers of the offering. God, God has given us many good things. Now, with grace and goodwill, we offer a portion of what we have received. We give not a sense, but of obligation, but eager for the opportunity to do good, and see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Our morning offering will now be received. Please join in our unison prayer of dedication.
10: God of grace, we thank you for our unconditional love, internal love. Help us to care for others as you have cared for us. And help us demonstrate that you love and grace through our lives, which we dedicate to you. Amen.
9: Have courage.
2: Hold on to what is good.
9: Return, return no one evil for evil.
8: Support the weak, help the suffering.
9: Honor all people.
8: Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit.
11: And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all.
2: Today and every day. Amen. Amen.